What's up, everybody? We have 10 minutes here-ish, as usual, with the gentleman from Breaking Point. Across, actually around the table, we have a big table of folks here for a 10-minute talk. So uh, anyway, but just quick intros here. We've got Dylan, Brennan, Aaron, and Mike from the crew. Obviously, Mark is here with me. And Mark, you have a little bit of an intro because I think we're going to be talking about some turkey stuff. Is that right? Yeah, Jim. Like you said, we've got a full house here, and we're going to talk a little bit turkey. Unconventional turkey tactics with uh, with these guys, which they specialize in, and probably specifically reaping turkeys can kind of like the, that process. And I think... Uh, so we should get out our sickle, right? Our, <laughs> our scythe or whatever that it's, tool is? It's probably about as effective as one of those. I mean, <laughs> when you watch these guys uh, in their videos, and, and actually, I'll plug it, we've got a, a Vortex Selects featuring these gentlemen uh, doing exactly what we're talking about. So after you listen to this, and if you're so inspired, you can check that out on the Vortex uh, YouTube channel. Absolutely. How'd you like that plug? That was pretty good. Love it. So who's going to talk about it first? Who wants to just explain what reaping turkeys is for anybody who's not familiar and thinking, what? (laughs) (laughs) Mike's kind of responsible for the birth of how we reap turkeys, so we'll let him take it. All right. All right. Well, I guess, you know, when we've been... We've been doing a lot of conventional hunting over the years with calling birds in, doing regular decoy setups, and you always got those birds that hang up on you, and we eventually got to the point where we knew there was a definitely a different way that we can go about these birds that have different attitudes, and so we initially started doing our reaping with just using regular fan decoys that you'd crawl behind through a field and whatnot, and as kind of things have evolved over the years and other companies have come out with similar products for specializing in reaping. Uh, we just kind of realized that there's pros and cons to all of them. And we didn't really, there's a lot of stuff with the reaping decoys out on the market that is not really functional for turkey hunting. Hmm. So um, I kind of took it in my own hands to come up with a design for something that was a hands-free decoy that you could crawl low to the ground and something that's not on your shotgun so your visibility is right in front of you and things like that and that's kind of where it all started and <laughs> I don't know if you want me to go in the construction of the actual decoy itself or what as far as time goes but um, when we started doing this um, I mean we just seen dramatic results in the amount of birds we've killed mm-hmm. over the last four or five years alone killing birds that we wouldn't call in or we've used reaping de- other types of re- reaping decoys you know whether it's just a regular fan mount on a shotgun that we didn't have success in over the past and they just they go nuts over it yeah is it pretty it's, much always like a some full strut variant though yeah yeah so i guess i can go into the kind of the construction of it but the design that i came up with was i was working at the paper mill at the time so i had access to a hard hat helmet i took the hard hat and one of our old decoys i just love it how do I kill turkeys with this thing? <laughs> <laughs> so I took the the hard hat because I knew, you know, you could cinch it tight on. It would stay on your head. And I just gutted one of our decoys with a sawzall and started drilling holes through it and zip tying it on there until it was a helmet with a turkey on it. <laughs> right on. And we used it like the first <laughs> time and it was just unreal the response we got from the birds. Um, and the cool thing about it is with being the fact that you can get so low to the ground, you can get way closer to these birds compared to other reaping mm-hmm. de- decoys that you use on the market. Like some of them are just stupid big, like the umbrella sized decoys and, and stuff like that. And you can get inside a hundred yards before those birds a lot of times will even see you. 
And if you can get in that wheelhouse, it's game over. Yeah. About 75, 80% of the time. That's such a weird concept because, you know, turkey hunting, you're, you're so concerned with turkeys not seeing you. And now you're going to just flip that script 100% yeah. and actually purposely make them see you and go oftentimes out in the open and and get right up close to them. It's 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 weird, but I mean it it obviously works and the idea is just that you got to make yourself look like a turkey. Yeah. We I mean we find it to be the most effective in the later weeks when everything's getting more green. You can kind of use all that foliage to get closer. So mm-hmm. like we don't we try not to bust it out like early in the season just cuz we're trying to kill as many as we can like like he said uh over decoy setups, get them come in, give us the best footage we can. But when we get, you know, fifth, sixth season, we're pretty mad at a lot of the birds in the area. <laughs> and it's like, all right. And Mike named Mike named this helmet decoy. It's the Dominator 5000. So <laughs> when we get to fifth, sixth season, it's like, all right, screw setting up and calling these birds into the decoys. Let's go at them yeah. and piss them off and kill these things. So. Yeah. So that, that thicker stuff, when the, when the foliage kind of grows up, does that help break up your body? That's all around, obviously, this fan on top Just, of your head. Well, we're hunting... More? primarily in central wisconsin and it's it's flat ground you don't have hills to hide behind or close yeah. distances so a lot of the time you're using wood lines fence lines and just trying to like mike said about 100 yards is that seems to be that like magic bubble if you can get inside 100 yards and, and pop out onto a field on one of these birds that's usually out strutting with a hen they get mad and they they come running a lot of the time right the key on. is to usually get to that 100 yard point without being seen okay so if you can get to that point where it's a surprise to them, that's when it just triggers something in their head that instantly will usually get them to come just hauling in. Who mm-hmm. is in my field and how do I get them out yeah. of here? Yeah. If you're if you're, you know, 2 300 yards out and you you're coming at them, it can work, but we found it way more effective if you keep a low profile until you get into that spot where it's just uncomfortable for them that you're near his hens or something like that. Yeah. If you're far enough away, they get a little bit of time to calm down right. think and think about it. And kind of evaluate the situation yeah. and group those hens up and try and push them away right? Okay. to avoid the conflict. You're taking them from zero to 60. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, definitely. And what I will say, just to play dad for a minute here, because I think a lot of people are probably like, just, what is with this idea of wearing a turkey on your head and yes, getting in the field? <laughs> like, we are usually patrolling these areas. Like, we know where these birds are that we're going to go after usually. I mean, we drive the road so many times. We know who's in there hunting a lot of times. You see vehicles, that sort of thing. We're usually very safe about where we're going to be, how we're going to be using it, not doing it on like public land where potentially there's going to be somebody else. So like, yeah. that's obviously a huge concern of ours. Cause and they're not wearing blaze orange. So right. you, know, yep. you might go out there and be like, nobody's out here. And then all of a sudden... Exactly. They're in camo. Like right. And I think are. You know, even taking all those things into consideration, like if you want to use this tactic, I mean, even if you're using decoys in general, yeah. right? I mean, you are accepting a level of risk. Absolutely. And, uh, I've got a I've got a buddy that uh, likes to do this quite a bit, and uh, I think it was like his cousin. So it was like firsthand story from him, at least, was uh, reaping across an open field on private land and uh, got shot. Wow. Like, and and you know, I mean, he's full size dude behind like a pretty raggedy looking decoy, and still right. somebody like you know got fired up, got that tunnel vision. And, and he took some, some pellets, you know, and I mean, wow. that's a pretty spooky deal. So Absolutely. I think, like you said, I mean, definitely you want to let people know, like you are, you know, there is some risk involved. I yep, mean, you yep. are sitting behind or, and you're adding that element of motion too, which right. I think is a big part of its effectiveness Definitely. and realism, but not just to turkeys. Mm-hmm. 
when you go out, so uh, is there, are you usually reaping to get one turkey? Is that pretty much all the chance you ever get? Like you get in close enough, you take that shot. If there's any other turkeys in the area, are they like, everything is wrong, scatter? Or, or you know, like sometimes you shoot one that you've called in and the other turkeys don't really know what happened. You might even be able to kind of like get on a call and maybe get them to sort of circle around, come back or something. But I mean, I think that sometimes you're so close that... Yeah, you, you you have time. I mean, we had that one last year with Mark. Had two of them come running. He had two tags and okay. literally, you know, shot both of them. Yeah. Um, and we see it quite a bit. We've but killed it all, multiple birds. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it depends on what, what the situation is for right. sure. What happens to that bird's, you know, like I said, you, you've crawled up close, you've gotten in their bubble, you know, you, you pop the, the Dominator 5000 on, and, <laughs> like, what changes, like, what do you see in that bird's demeanor, I guess, other than, like, literally charging you like what's going on there that you're like oh yeah he's coming like he's into it it's usually like when you when you hit that field and he first visually sees it it's say he's just strutting around doing his thing all of a sudden he pops strut and lifts his head up and he has this like oh look on his face like (laughs) and then usually instantly he struts back up and it starts turning his way, and I mean, you you can just tell by the attitude. It's hard to explain, you know. Yeah. But you can just usually tell by that attitude on that bird the second he sees it and his reaction to it within the first ten seconds or so if he's coming or not. Okay. Yeah, there's some of those just hard to explain cues. I could see that being the case. What um we talked about we talked about gear a little bit and and talk about the shotgun somewhat in there. So you're kind of. I guess if you got the old Dominator on, then you can use both hands, right? Mm-hmm. I know some people talk about having to use, like if you're depending on what sort of a decoy you're using, sometimes they're using one hand essentially to hold the shotgun. They're having a, you know, that can get heavy depending on the actual firearm itself. And then, you know, you're having to aim that way. And uh, what what are you guys doing? I guess are you using your regular shotgun with I mean, that's the helmet c- mount thing? That's kind of the biggest benefit of the Dominator 5000 is you have <laughs> you have both hands. Like, you're literally laying prone on the ground with a gun, you know, right there. Your elbows are rested on the ground. The gun's right there. Turkey's on top of your head. And later in the year when the, the grass is longer and the fields are starting to green up, you can get away with a lot more because literally all the bird's seeing is your head. Yeah. Early in the season, you get in a plowed field, it's a little tougher to stay hidden like that, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I mean that's the that's the best thing about the whole thing is uh, both hands are right there and you're just rock solid, resting on the ground, waiting for this bird to run you over before yeah. you blow his head off. We need to get the <laughs> uh, we need to get the same guy who talks about the bassomatic what what the you super call it? bassomatic seventy six. Yeah, we need to get him to talk about the uh, you hear the about dominator. The, it does sound like some sort of Ronco product, you know? Like yeah, people in the audience like nodding. Oh yeah, that does work really well. I need that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but you know, I mean, you thought the way your head moves too, though, like that's just like the way a turkey you, moves. You can like get you the natural the strutting movements. Yeah. That's kind of what you're doing as you're laying there, and that bird's closing the distance. You just literally just sit there and turn your head. Okay. You know? And if you want to, you start sliding to the side and kind of just getting fancy with them. Yeah. <laughs> the more movement, the better. That's something yeah. I probably wouldn't have the presence of mind to do. I'd just be staring at it the whole time. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's working. <laughs> One thing I will say, like if anyone out there that's listening is going to try something like this and design their own and u- utilize it, um, one thing that I found that um, does make a big difference if you're moving in on a bird, say you got to crest a hill on one that's you know he's on the other side, don't have the dome on your head as you're coming over the hill because hmm. a lot of times if you don't see them and you pop over that hill, 
all of a sudden he sees you. You look like a seven-foot turkey standing out there. So take it off your head. Usually I'll have my shotgun in one hand, and I'll keep it, like, in front of me to break my body outline up a little bit. And if if you do see him, then you can usually drop down on the ground, put it on your head, and then crawl from there. Um, It just seems like you can get a little bit closer, not having it two feet up above your head, Mm -hmm. you know. Even a big turkey's probably going to see Turkeyzilla and say, yeah, I'm out. that's not right, you know. <laughs> Speaking of, like, the level of the turkey decoy, though, I was with a hunt with a buddy of mine who had not not a dominator, but just, a, like, a regular turkey decoy, and he'd actually souped it up. He'd put some, like, uh, real turkey wings on it, and it was pretty cool, but we got in a situation where we had a uh, a field and then kind of, like, a, a low brush line in front of us, and I could see a couple, uh, I think it was a trio of jakes out there, I still shoot those things. Uh, and uh, but So I grabbed that decoy, and I actually had to hold it up high. So, we could, so I was actually holding it like above my head mm-hmm. and kind of, and turning it like that and got their attention. Because they, they, they could hear the calls or looking, but they weren't coming. And I popped that decoy up and just kind of gave it a few turns. And I'd bring it back down, pop it up, bring it back down. And eventually, they never really super committed, but they came in tight enough. And I was doing that in conjunction with some hand calling and things like that. And they came in tight enough. I think they came into like about 35, 40 yards or something like that. And ended up killing one of them yeah, but that nice. was kind of an interesting thing like it wasn't yeah. like they just like you know bowed up and just like charged oh, yeah. but like it was enough to change the situation and want them to yeah, them right. want to come in mm-hmm. seeing that like how you did it there was perfect because just holding it up like that like if you had the rest of your body outline below you it seems like if they pick that up also it just it's too big of a impression to them and mm-hmm. they just know something's not right yep the smaller you can make yourself when utilizing it it seems like the better it the more effective it is. I accidentally reaped a turkey. Like, very on. <laughs> Sounds like no head. accident. <laughs> How's that for a, for uh, a transition? But I was I was trying to put a stock on, on some decoys. This was back early in my turkey days. And, like, now I go back and I'm, like, and I was crawling forward with a Jake decoy, mm-hmm. and like, trying to get closer. And then all of a sudden, you know, they, they I mean, they just, you know, charged and we got them. Right on. We doubled. That's awesome. <laughs> I wish I would have, like, put okay. that together, like, exactly what happened. Like 20 years ago? You were probably, probably the first one. Yeah. <laughs> here we're with the legend, the original Reaper right here. I mean, uh, that's why we had you guys on. I just wanted to let you know that I want to make I did you guys first. feel good about what you guys are doing, but then but then humble you with the fact that Mark <laughs> is actually the OG. Yeah. I'm just kind of putting two, and two, two together. This was actually. a setup. This was yeah. a setup the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> truly humbled. <laughs> Well, you're you're a jerk. I'm truly truly humbled. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff, though. I, I, there's definitely some good tips in there for uh, for reaping. If anybody out there is interested, in it. I do. I'm glad you brought up the point about safety, though, because I do think it's. I'm gonna say, like, just don't do it. Like, seriously, if you want to be safe, like, just stick to playing it safe. <laughs> seriously, yeah. like that is. It's like w- when you're buying fireworks, you can't actually use them. You know, it's kind of like that thing. Don't try this at home, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it works, yeah. but. Here, we just careful. talked about this for 15 minutes. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it went in doubt. Keep when the in, birds dumb so yeah. we can do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I when, would say when that. in doubt, especially probably if it's like your first time going out turkey hunting, I I definitely say you know this is something to uh, do at your own risk. You yeah. got to yep. know what you're what you're doing going into it, and and certainly the fact that you guys sort of uh, have you know doing it on private land helps a lot, yep. and then. You know, also understanding the area that you're in, if there's any hunters around. Like you said, I mean, you're doing a good job of essentially patrolling the area, making sure that's safe. And it's one of those things, if you if you do those things and you are willing to set that 
type of wrist. It's something that you can have in your in your bag of turkey tricks or right. or your turkey vest yeah. and can be super effective, you know. And, and like you said, Jim, you, you go from uh, you know not wanting to blink at the wrong time to uh, moving in on those things. Yeah. And, I, I love the ingenuity that happens too when I see people who go out reaping turkeys. Like you got the uh, the dominator here. You've got you were talking about your buddy who had some you know wings that he had on his whole rig. So if there's anybody out there who's watching slash listening right now and you've got some sweet rig or setup or some super cool strategy that you've used to get in close on turkeys in the uh, in the old reaping fashion, then uh, let us know in the comments below or hit us up on Instagram and uh, also give these guys a follow over at Breaking yep. Point. So. Sweet. Thanks, guys. And don't reap turkeys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After all us. that. <laughs> all for naught. So, it is with that that we'll sign off. We'll see you guys on the next one. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. It was a good Thanks one. for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Super right. fun. Bye. Bye.